Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. Before we get going, make sure you go check out our YouTube page, Golf underscore Subpar. Subscribe, like, and you definitely want to look at our handsome faces, which is the best part of the deal. Of course, everyone wins. We got a nice little video coming up shortly with the great Joe Scovern and Joe Griner, two of the greatest caddies in the history of golf. And Jim Bones McKay. Don't leave him out. Of course. And also... Go to Fairway Jockey, check out our merch. Got some great stuff coming at the end of the year as well. Speaking of great, Ludwig Aubert. Aubert, correct. The man is on the rise, picks up his first PGA Tour win in his 11th start. The guy is absolutely a machine. Um, I mean, I don't think it's going out on a limb to say this guy has the potential to be number one player in the world and he's going to be top 10 in a very short time. He's already up to 32 in the world rankings, I believe. Hadn't played a major yet, and he's going to be one of the favorites once he starts playing in them. So depending on what site you look on, yeah. right now for next year's Masters, which will be, his, like you said, his first major championship, he's anywhere from the 8th to 10th betting favorite. In his debut. Yep. Yep. It'll be, I mean, looking at his golf game, it's like, all right, what major championship or what venue doesn't that work for? Hitting it perfect pretty much plays everywhere, but like, think of like a U.S. Open, the way he drives it. He just hit... The 50-round minimum for the PJ Tour to be ranked in all the statistical categories out there. And he is one, two, three, four in virtually every single category that matters and determines like who the best players in the world are. I think he's number two in overall driving. Maybe Off the tee, I believe he's one. He's the best there is. Uh, third in greens and regulation. Yeah. Like second in strokes in uh, proximity to the hole. So, I mean, if you like hitting it really far and straight and hitting all your irons really close and giving yourself a lot of looks, you're going to be really good at this game. This week at the RSM, the categories he led in was basically every single one. And you don't shoot 61-61, 122 on the weekend. Lowest in the history of the PGA Tour, by the way, on the weekend without being real good at everything. So all this hype, everything we've been touting for a long time, starting to come to fruition. He's already won on the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour quickly. Um, dude, it's hard to see it slowing down honestly and he's been close a number this could very well have been multiple wins in this short period of time for him on the pga tour he's been a, he lost, lost that playoff play. to yeah. luke list like it's it's hard to see the the brakes pumping for this guy yeah you mentioned the 61 61 ended up shooting 29 under for the week tied justin thomas's all-time pga tour record for lowest 72 score of 253 um just an absolute clinic i mean mckenzie hughes goes out there and shoots 60 63 on the weekend and loses ground 123 and you <laughs> further away on the one game on the weekend by the way and just watching him play dude it's just like you see him pull that driver out and it's just like dude this is his ball speed 184 182 what and it's on a string it's in the fairway and, and there's just nothing like he finally might miss a green here or there and he chips it up dead taps it in seems to make everything end up winning by four that thing was closer than it didn't look like a four shot win you know, late in that back nine, but dude, it's just happened quickly. And it, like I said, it is hard to see that going anywhere because if you're building a prototype golfer for this day and age, like that might be him. It's everything. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I've had the chance to walk with him a few times and from the second I laid eyes on him in person, I'm like, yep, he's got it. And I know a lot of people say people are quick to anoint guys the next superstar, but I just don't see how this kid isn't it. He is that good. He's got, I mean, Rory McIlroy-like driving ability. His iron game is fantastic. By the way, he's a pretty damn good putter. He made unbelievable putts on 17 and 18. 17, the one was going about Mach 12, hit the back of the hole, and ended up going in. But then even the one on 18, I know he had several putts to win, but just trying to black it down there, it ends up going in. He is he is special. He was obviously a guest of subpar, which led to this win. No, without Just question. another victory. Huge feather in his cap Yes, early on in his career. I know it's like... Somebody wins, and like, here come the floodgates, and that's the thing. I try to hold off from all that. Um, 
whenever possible, but I'd be willing to go out on a limb and bet whatever that this is a future world number one. That's like not even a stretch at all. It's just, it's more how long will it take him to be world number one? Cause his golf game, it's a like, he's one of the best drivers, one of the best. He's one of the best in every single category that matters. Okay. Well, speaking of not the best in every one of their categories, I played a little bit up at Pebble Beach. How'd we do? This past week. Not good. Miscut. Okay. Had an amazing time though, which is all that matters. Yeah. Off the course. Strokes gained off the course. Million. Okay. Leading. Um, on the course, not that great. Shot even at Pebble on Thursday. Not too bad. Um, but had an incredible time. Played with each day, you play with a different pro am group. Um, got had great groups. And our my man Ross Marchbanks made a hole in one. Wrong place in the world Just to make a hole in one. If it's not open bar, because I don't know if you know this, things at Pebble Beach are rather expensive. Maybe the worst place and the worst environment around all that, that many people that are like involved in that event to make an ace. Also, the worst rule in the history of sports. Yes. Like, oh, congrats on the career shot. Maybe you do it once or twice for most people in their lives. Now you can dump a few grand out for all these people you don't know so that they can get blasted. It terrible was, rule. It is a terrible rule. I felt bad for Ross. Um, his friends are not very nice. They uh, ran up the tab pretty good. But, hey, you made a hole-in-one at Pebble Beach. Pretty damn cool. Something he will remember forever. And something I will remember forever. I got to tell you about this little story right here because feed me. we've never had him as a guest. He's actually very upset about that. And I told him if he ever did anything cool, we'd have him on. But former PGA Tour player John Mallinger. We've tried. We've talked to him. I've talked to him multiple times about it. I also Open him, invite, Johnny. Let's go. You have to talk on podcasts you as do. well. You, you don't do. just sit there and look just pretty. be yourself. But the opposite. Yeah, and everyone exactly. will love you. But, you know, we like we like to give our friends a hard time, try to pull some jokes on them occasionally. That's what we do, right? So after the hole-in-one, we're sitting in the grill room there at Spanish Bay. It's beautiful Friday afternoon. Drinks are flowing. It's 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Which time means, zones. you know, it's 6.30 on the East Coast. That checks out. TVs are on there in the grill room. The golf's on. I was like, this little idea popped in my head. I was like, you know, let's see if I can get my man John on something here real quick. Didn't think there was any chance, but golf was on. They're showing the RSM Classic. Ludwig, Mackenzie Hughes, all the boys up there. They're through six holes on Friday. Wow, late tea times. 3.30 California late tea time. times. I was like, John, I tell you what, I think this Ludwig, I mean, he's he's got it. He is the real deal. Potential world number one. I think he's going to run away with this tournament. I bet you he's leading after the round today. After 36 holes. And he looks up, and he, he was down three at the time. He's like, okay, what do you want to bet? I was like, I don't know, 100 bucks." He's like, let's make it 500 I said, you got it. Sure. You know what? Fine. <laughs> Fine, no problem. I'm Even thinking odds, eventually, by the way. it's going to like, he's going to realize, oh, God, it's dark. <laughs> it's, it's the dark island. here. Yeah. yeah, it's getting dark. <laughs> this thing's already over. Yeah. So I texted a bunch of the guys around the table. They're all having a laugh about it. Let's keep it quiet for a while. Drinks continue to flow. Ludwig's through about 12. I was like, God, he's three back. Johnny's got to get this thing going. He goes, this is the easiest bet I've ever won. Great. Like, oh, boy. Yeah, if you only knew. I go to dinner, come back. I was like, oh, John, did you check the PJ Tour app? He's like, oh, let me look. Oh, you won. He's at 11 under or whatever. I was like, man, that's crazy. What a win that was wow, for me. Yeah. Luke. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's pissed. I go to dinner, and his friends told him that I absolutely screwed him. Actually, I didn't screw him. He screwed himself. He made the bet. We shook. We shook on it. He made the stakes. I just agreed to everything. Should he have to pay me? Yeah. You make a bet, <laughs> you pay. That, yeah. Have you gotten paid? No. 500 outstanding? Yep. With interest rates nowadays? I don't need to tell you about that. Yes. This is a crazy juice. But how about my Crazy man? juice. PGA Tour player. Tour player. 
very aware of time zones. It's like the oldest dude. You can even get like non golfers on coverage where let's say the leader's minus 13 and they're like, Oh, let's pan over to number six here for Jimmy John. Uh, he's sitting at plus one on the par three 12 and it's a 40 footer. And you'd be like, dude, this guy's the best 40 foot putter. I'll, I'll bet you he makes, I'll bet you a hundred bucks. He makes this. And of course they make it cause it's delayed. And that's the only reason they're showing them. But like a golfer knows that just like golfers know, Oh, it's three 30 here on the West coast. Yeah. Maybe they're done, but I Look, will you say, have a few pops you get going with the boys. I mean, it can happen. The only excuse I get, the Sincoro was flowing. Mm-hmm. We were sipping. We were cool. having a great time celebrating Ross's hole in one. So I'll give him a little bit of a pass. But I'm happy to be sitting across from you drinking my favorite podcasting and golfing cocktail, the Sincoro Club. It's easy to drink here on the course or in the clubhouse. The cocktail features Sincoro's Reposado tequila, which is aged in Tennessee whiskey barrels for eight to 10 months. Sincoro is. Great tasting tequila because it's rich and delicious and has long, luxurious finish, much like my golf swing. Mm. When I drink Sincoro, I think of my own moments of greatness, please, which, which there's obviously plentiful, a lot of plentiful. I'll give you a recent one. It was, this was this was something new for me. Just last week, Pebble Beach, Wednesday, number seven, the famous par three. The wind was blowing so hard, I actually hit a little six iron. Nice. Good hole to hit six. For all you haters out there, it's normally, I hit the next day I hit sandwich, so... Don't it say, is 105 oh, yards. Yes. Yeah. But a little six iron. How about that? That's golf. 105 yards. That's golf. That is, it was wild. So that was one of my favorite memories of late. What you got for me? Favorite memories of late? Well, upcoming member member at The Rock, which I'm sure we'll finish runner up as we often do. But uh, horror, I though. mean, just probably just the countless member guests that I've came, saw, and conquered over the years. A lot of runner up finishes in those as All well. All right. Well, cheers to that. Cheers to you, doggy. Oh. Big season for us. I can't Coming wait. Up, More 2024. Tequila is upon us. I actually drank this last night. Family got in town from the East Coast. We're having a little family gathering. Guess what we broke out? Uh, Sincoro. And we had a hell of a time. Learn more about this delicious cocktail and tequila at Sincoro.com. Follow them on Instagram at Sincoro and go to your local spirit distributor to buy a bottle today. Love me some Sincoro. Kept kept the game, kept the golf swing nice and smooth all weekend. Goat juice from the Love goat. It. All right. And I'll tell you goats. what else helped out there at Pebble Beach because the weather gets a little chilly. You know, it's not the warmest it's place. It's freezing there. The ball goes nowhere. Zero. Shortest Zero. place on the planet that the ball travels. Well, I was rocking my Ralph Lauren outerwear all week long up there. And, of course, the cashmere hoodies at night. Yeah, we're getting into wintertime right now. Cashmere season and the RLX Golf Collection draws inspiration from the traditional aesthetic of polo, updating it to create a modern sensibility focused on performance-driven design. From sophisticated styles to the most technologically advanced fabrics available, RLX Golf is the ultimate in functional luxury and provides pieces that are ready for whatever the conditions bring on the course or off. Ralph Lauren is the official outfitter of the United States Ryder Cup team and partner of the AJGA. Ralph Lauren is proud to continue its sponsorship of golf ambassadors Andrea Lee, Billy Horschel, Davis Love III, Devin Bling, Doc Redman, Jonathan Bird, Nick Watney, Sean Foley, Smiley Kaufman, Todd Anderson, Tom Watson, Trevor Werblow, Troy Taylor III, Tyler Strafacci, and Zach Johnson. The AutoLex Golf Collection is available in select Ralph Lauren stores, exclusive private clubs and resorts, and online at ralphlauren.com. Tis the season. Get your friends, get your family, get yourself something nice. Look the part. Love it. Gotta look the part. All right. Let's get to our guest this week because what a story this was this year nick taylor the canadian born vancouver up there that's on the, a lot of that's golf, on the west side a lot of golf talent vancouver one of the greatest cities in north Fantastic america period um, but one of the greatest moments in golf this year you know it's been so long since a canadian player has won the canadian open their national open 
And Nick Taylor ended that streak with arguably the shot of the year, holding a 72-foot eagle putt on the fourth playoff hole at the Canadian Open. It was unbelievable. I was there. The place went insane. It was seriously one of the coolest moments I've ever been a part of. But let's hear about it from Nick Taylor on this week's Subpar. All right. We are in studio with the Canadian sensation coming off a big year, becoming the first homegrown talent to win the Canadian Open in since God knows when. Uh, <laughs> almost got Adam Hadwin killed in the process, but it was well worth it. Three-time winner on the PGA Tour. Nick Taylor is in the house. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. The Good Washington Husky. You. Finally made it in here. Yes. Yeah. yeah how about your boys? That's going to be fun. Great. That was a big win on uh, on Saturday. You got big Penix energy? I try to. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Who does? Even if you don't, just say you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I do. Do you get up and uh, do you get to any of those games anymore? I haven't been to a Husky game in a while. Um... I can't remember the last time it was. That stadium's sweet, though. I was gonna say, was that stadium I've been built? there since the remodel, which was oh. probably 10 years ago. It's awesome. Is there a better stadium in college? In any, I mean, the boating, the what are, uh, sailgating? Well, the crew house is where the athletic department was, right behind there. So we would kind of cruise around, and it's, yeah, it's an amazing spot. They're in a tough stretch right now. Big game after big game. I also love that they don't have that thing domed because it rains every time there. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's what you should have. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't feel right. Well, it started to rain, and it rains for about six months. So, yeah. Yeah. What led you to Washington? I mean, you grew up in Vancouver or around Vancouver. Yeah. I, you know, I grew up two and a half hour drive north. Um, James Lepp. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Transferred there from Illinois. Um, he, we grew up at the same golf course. So he was five years older than I was. So we, he was definitely the guy growing up, looked up to him. And so when he transferred there, I was like, okay, that'd be really fun. And then Darren Wallace was another player that grew up in Langley. We were the same age, saw the same coach. He committed there at a very young age. He won the Canadian Amateur at 15. So he was he was a lot of hype, um, and I really didn't have that many options. So, started my senior year of high you school. You didn't have any options, no. Really? I mean, you were a stud junior player, and then I, I played really well my senior year. Yeah. So I'd already committed, but nobody really recruited in Canada 15 years ago. Yeah, nobody I was going to ask. Like, they seemed to, a lot of them seemed to end up at Washington. You have a lot of great. Well, there, there was like three there. or four pipelines. It was Washington, NC State, Kent State, NC State. Yeah. UTEP was one for a while. My brother actually played college golf there, so. Um, the, the coaches just didn't didn't bother crossing the border. Kent I guess. State, Herbie Page. Mm -hmm. Kent State had some recruiting. good Canadians, a lot of good, Canadians. good dudes. I actually took three a guys on tour right now. Yipper, my caddy Dave Markle went yeah. to Kent State. A lot uh, of great. Peter Herbie Laws State. was the man when Laws. I took my recruiting mm -hmm. trip. He was a stud. <laughs> Laws is a beauty, <laughs> isn't he? How time. great is uh, Lap? I mean, he's all time. Playing all Canadian tour with him, some of the stuff he would do on the... I had to, like, remove myself and be like, Leper, I love you, but I'm going to go to the other end because you talk and think about so many weird things that, like, I it's impossible not I to I still think, think the saucer pass being banned is, was it, yep. was the wrong move. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable with that. I'll never forget. And he would Q put it in play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, he, could he do was the very... Weirdest stuff. Stuff. The weirdest stuff. I mean, he would choke down basically almost to the head of the club. And, he, he and so when it was banned, he he went on, like, a huge study... If you slow it down, there's no difference between an actual chip shot because he starts it, I don't know, two feet behind the ball, yeah. and the slide would go Slides through. right into it. What was and their the, reason? Because I think it's not because a he started and there yeah. wasn't really a backswing, but he would go like there. But he's still know. hitting you see some it. messed up stuff now that it should be legal. Was it? My my only thing would think if they said like the ball's on the face longer. No, that's what I mean. He slowed yeah, it down, yeah, slowed and down. you could couldn't tell. The It'd difference. be like if you just started your full swing, like oh, I want to take it to this takeaway position, yeah. and that gets me a good spot, and then I want to go. Like that's legal. I mean, yeah. Why can't you do it? It was an actual hit. It was just un. Guys are got the putters up the arms. Yeah. They're everywhere now. And Cam Young takes a damn TV timeout at the top of his back. <laughs> yeah, he just hangs out up there. Did you, have you seen Lepers? 
how many balls can I get in the air at one time routine? Did you ever see that? I did, but I don't it's remember crazy. how many it was. Dude, I might be messing it up, but it's like, people like, how many can you get in the air at the same time? Before the first Before, one yeah. lands, that's when it ends. And people be like, four. And he'd be like, and he'd get like, it, I honestly think it was like nine, ten, maybe he could get in the air. He's so talented. He I believe he won NCAAs at Case Valley. That was yeah. my sophomore yeah. year. He beat Putnam in a playoff. Yeah. That was his... I feel like he went out and shot year. 63 one day. It was the final day. The final day. And it was so pouring Matt, rain. Matt Thurman was my coach at UW. He's now at ASU, but he talked about that round yeah. forever. It was the it was, it was miserable out. Yeah. He could go low, like weird. Like he was low. a low like round by like six. Low. Yeah. You know? He had yeah. that. A lot God, of raw he talent. Was great. I'll Did, never forget our <laughs> we played Q school first stage together, maybe in like 2012. And he was like right after the big break, he wasn't probably gonna play much longer unless it turned around. He comes in we're having dinner and he's like yeah, so today I uh, I teed off all the day, all the holes with my eyes closed. It was actually pretty good. I was like, this is it. Dude, <laughs> this might be near the end. Yeah. <laughs> you'd get on the putting green with him, and you'd be like, dude, I got to go. He'd be like, do you ever watch your left pinky nail when you putt? I feel like it keeps the head face, the face square long. I'm like, dude, got to go he away. He was talented. Got to yeah. go away. Is he yeah. still doing the shoe thing now? He's, he's got hands in a lot of things. I don't know how much the shoe thing is. I see him a couple times a year when yeah. I'm up in Canada, but... Did, well, did your golf getting into golf start like most Canadians where it's like, I love hockey. And then there comes a time where you're like, okay, maybe I'm not good enough or this isn't going to be it. And then you get into golf or were you? Yeah, I played golf? hockey until I was probably 13, 14. Baseball for a decent time. Kind of all high school sports. I was never a really big guy. So I wasn't going to go far in that. But I started golf late for today's standards at 11. Got into it in the summers and then it kind of built from there. And I dropped everything by grade 10. You know, in, in high school. So. You figured it out. I mean, yeah. you're McCormick Medal winner for the number one am in the world. Ben Hogan Award winner. Canadian amateur. You, you won. Oh, all. Shuts, by the way, I didn't realize you have the lowest round ever by an amateur at a U.S. Open. Yeah. Was that 65 Beth Page? Beth Page. Oof. Yeah. What the? That place is impossible. <laughs> yeah, that was a good day. That was actually, it was split into two days, actually. It was huge rain delays. I played like 32 holes on the Friday. My last shot of the Friday, I hold a bunker shot to get to, I think, five under. And then had to re-tee and start on six or fifteen up the hill. Mm -hmm. That brutal part four. Bowie that and I'm making like a twenty for the last one for Birdie to shoot sixty five. So that was That was the year Ricky that, Barnes had the big lead. That was yeah, when Glover won and Barnes was out in front of I think it was like at the time maybe Tiger the, and Phil kind of made a charge, but didn't really Yeah, it was a pretty sweet. Ricky open. Barnes started getting that sway going on on the yeah, weekend. Started, <laughs> started, going, started going a little, little bit, bit for, for Big Rick. But I think he at the time was one of the first dudes to get to ten under at a, at the yeah. US Open. Like now people have done it and people have yeah. blown it out. But at the time and at Beth Page like in that weather, too, right? that was nasty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sixty five as an am is disgusting. Ooh. Well all the amateur you had a monstrous amateur career. What would you say is like for you personally the highlight of your amateur career? That's that's gotta be up there. Um, I almost won the Publinks. That stung for a while. I've, I made the finals. I actually got blown out, but I've, I won the medalist that week. And then I was just like mowing through a lot of guys and then lost like seven and six in the final. To who? Um, Brad Benjamin. I remember him. Where'd he go? I don't remember where remember he went him? to sco school. Huh. It was a combination. He played really well and I, I didn't. Believe, where was that at? Um, Jimmy Austin course. Oh, down oh, in Austin. Yeah. Or, uh, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was so uh, hot. OU's home Jimmy. Course. It's so weird to me that Jimmy Austin Golf Course is Oklahoma's head course when their biggest rivals. Yeah, it'd be like the Norman Austin. course at <laughs> yeah. UT yeah, Club. It's just weird to me. I've always thought of that when I always hear Jimmy Austin, I'm like, oh yeah, Texas. Nope, never mind. That's actually OU. Yeah, that thing's still thumping. I still hear dudes hmm. um And now the Publix is gone. Gone. Tragic. Yeah, tragic. Too much at, at least you got a win there, hey? I did. 
it was a it was a fun one. But you turned pro after a very successful amateur career. A couple years on the Canadian tour though. Three. Three years. Mm-hmm. We love hearing Great about the tour. mini tour days. I mean, I know Canadian. It's a big time deal, but it's still it's the Jicky Jacks as Sleaze likes to call. Yeah. What were those days <laughs> like for you? Oh man, a lot of good memories. It went from like three guys in a hotel room trying to figure it out to when the PJ Tour bought it. That was my third year. That's when it felt like it really there was an opportunity there to move on. I remember the first player meeting. It was like top. Top 10 got to final stage, which was obviously a huge deal. It used to be, I think you finished top two, you got to second stage, which everyone knows who's been at Q School. Second stage is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And if you can avoid that at all costs, would be amazing. So um, that was a big motivator that year. I finished seventh, but I stayed with Joe Panzeri, a good buddy of mine for a couple of years. Played, stayed plenty with Joel. So I've, after the first couple of years, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll, uh, I'll find a new roommate. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Joel as a roommate. How was he? Joel's a great roommate. Um, he loves to have fun, obviously. Have a drink here, there. Um, I feel like you're not. He he's not a motivator. <laughs> <laughs> here or there, I like the way you're here or there. Mostly here. Um, but no, Joel's Joel's got a heart of gold, so I've always been the same. I feel like you the guys, golf world really got to know Joel through Full Swing and Netflix. No like, doubt, yeah. Would you say ever since you've known him, like, is this has Joel always been this way? Uh, yeah. Big personality. What, you, fun what you saw him is exactly who he is. He's self-deprecating, but he is wants to win as much as anybody. Um, I feel like, again, living, like he's so self-deprecating, it's hilarious. But when you play with him, he wants to be you as bad as you want to beat him. That's just kind of his his front. But uh, no, I lived with Joel for two years, our second and third year at school. My second and third year, I should clarify. <laughs> um, but yeah, Joel's a great guy. You got robbed, I heard. Well, you're down well, twice back actually. at school. Yeah, you got to lock the doors. You did, or he when did. you leave for the no, summer, you together. need to lock the doors. I was gone for summer because I went back to Canada. Yeah, maybe Joel didn't lock the doors. First they came <laughs> in. First they stole all of our electronics. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to get a new TV or whatever. And Joel calls again. Yeah, they came in and they stole everything. I'm like, what was left? He's like, they stole all my clothes. <laughs> Beautiful. So they just cleaned out our apartment, but. The lock was broken, apparently. He's like, yeah, I didn't lock it for, like, the whole summer. Like, oh, hard to believe they came we had, back. We had actually golf clubs stolen out of the parking garage. It was a it was a nice place, but obviously sketchy. Yeah. Damn. Who yeah. else were you running around in Canada? Any other guys? Like, Joel obviously made it. You made it. Anyone else come off that tour and have some success? Hubbard's, That's a good tour. Like, there's some good players up there. My last year up there, Tony Fina was there. Yeah. Hubbard was there. I'm trying to think the top five um, that are, that are still playing. Um, Joel Hubbard, myself, JJ Spawn was there. I don't think, yeah. but he he won the money list maybe a couple years later. He came off of that. That's how he got through mm-hmm. to like Corn Ferry, I believe. I think the the PJ Tour buying that was the demise of mini tours, but also has brought out the best players probably f- from mini tours and got them to move on. Um, like Gateway Tour, all that stuff around here. When I turned pro, it wasn't like amazing, but it was. You can make some money and play around here and then go to Q school. Now it's like, I don't even know what's around here anymore. I don't know that there's, there's not a much whole to play lot. for. There's nowhere to Still play. expensive. You're just not playing for as much money. Money games at Wishbrock? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Papago? Yeah. yeah. There's not skins game. Hoagie came Shadows. out of that tour. There's a lot of yeah. tour winners that have come. I feel like everybody minus the studs that come out, boom, right away. The year I was back, like they Hughes won the money list that year. Um, Corey wasn't, I don't think, pro yet, but Pendrith. Like, there's been a Spenson, lot of good players. Spenson, Spenson, yeah. I played with Spenson up there. He was, spent some time. Well, you end up getting to the PGA Tour, and you win in your rookie year in Mississippi. Got you a nice chicken trophy. Big so chicken. First win. Big chicken energy. <laughs> were you uh, 
were you surprised to win in your rookie year? Did you feel it coming? But obviously that led to some very good success. Yeah, I was, I think, a little surprised that year. Um, I had ups and downs in the corn trades here, but there's like a two or three year stretch there where I was putting really well. And when it got hot, I made everything. And that was one of those weeks. I would say now I'm a far better player, but got hot at the right time. Um, you know, when I got in that moment, I just, you know, kind of head down like I've done the three times that I have one. But when I've gotten that moment, I feel pretty comfortable. And that was a day from, I remember I gained like five shots putting that day. I just like blacked out, made everything, um, ended up winning by a couple. The next probably year and a half struggled a bit. Maybe expectations I put on myself were a little high, but um, it was obviously huge to start your career that way because it's essentially a three-year exemption mm -hmm. because I was a rookie, got out of that category, um, sorry, and then, you know, three years led on to what I think. You know, the last five years compared to that, six years have been a lot better, but it was huge to start my career that way for sure. All right, some big news here from Subpar. We have officially launched our own YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe at golf underscore subpar on YouTube. Check out this week's video. Uh, like, subscribe, do all the stuff. Colt, we got some cool behind-the-scenes stuff coming and uh, give you a little outside look at some of the stuff outside the studio. So please like, please subscribe. You're the best listeners in the game. We love you. Back to the show. Does it skew your perception on like how easy it will be or, or difficult i should say to win on the pj tour when you win in your rookie year like people go their entire careers try to pick off one and then you do it your rookie year like oh dude if i'm doing this already <laughs> yeah. like I'll, I'll i'll have a ton of these yeah i i don't think my expectations were i was going to win a bunch but i think i probably expected to be in the hunt a little more often which i wasn't for for much of the next couple years but it's really hard to win you need breaks you know you look past you know even a month after when you win you know, one week you finish 20th, you're like, man, I actually played just as well, but this putt lipped in, a bounce here, there. Like, it's it's so, so minor what can happen when you do win. Um, so, yeah, I've, I would say this year's a pretty good example. I probably played better at Phoenix when I finished second to Scotty there than when I actually won in Canada. A combination of, obviously, Scotty played amazing, kind of got beat there. A few breaks at Canada where, you know, Tommy could easily break the last hole and I finished second there too. So it was... You need you need breaks when you win, unless you're probably the top five or ten guys in the world that they can just outperform guys. And just with Phoenix, real quick, just with the changes in the game of golf, like correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you might not even have been in the field at Phoenix if it was a signature event. Like, this coming the, the, year, yeah, this no. coming year, like the yeah. no field, no cut. Yeah, and that's the one thing. I don't know how you feel about it. Like I hate the no cut small field events. I know the top players love it; it's guaranteed money. But I love when guys like. I mean, you were an underdog that week going up yeah. against Scotty Scheffler. Uh, we saw saw at the, the gala the year before, same thing going up against Scotty Scheffler. Like those are great stories, and I think that's what makes pro golf so great. Is like, I mean, you can have a Monday qualifier or someone lesser known that the crowd gets behind mm -hmm. and cheers. And I'm just not a big fan of the limited fields. I I agree. I think there's a lot of big news in the last year in golf, yeah. but that was one I think majority of players were upset with because, and my name came up a lot because of that tournament, but. Look, you want you want all the top guys in the top of the leaderboard, but they love underdog stories as well. And you're taking that away by going mm -hmm. to, to 70 man fields. And it's a shame. I, I've you know there's a way to play it in now, but um I think it's a shame. Like if you look at the US Open, there's always an underdog story yeah. that because there's a Monday qualifier, went through local, went through sectional, made it through and shot a sixty six the first day. Like that that stuff's great. Um so you know Maybe there'll be a year and they'll realize it and they'll change it back. There's been so many changes. Who knows? But I think 
the majority of guys are not big fans. But Nick, of they're worried about the stars being there for four they days. They got to make sure Rom is Rom's there missed on one Sunday. Cut in his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has to be well, on. Well, and property. they add in the the, the cut to what those three events to fifteen ties, and you're, I don't know. There, there's it's, been a lot of strange things. By the way, a little was it two mil for finishing second though? Yeah, it's not bad. A little second not place. <laughs> there's a lot nice of good consolation. consolation. Yeah. yeah. A lot of world ranking points. There was a it was a good consolation that that second place. What about the cut in the FedEx like playoffs? If we're gonna do like the changes to to shrink that to seventy as opposed, that's a pretty drastic. Huge. You can have a great, a very good year for most guys and finish seventy eighth. Yeah. Like okay, cool. Go back in the fall and go get it. What do you think about that? Those changes. Yeah. Again, I, I've it seems drastic from one twenty five. I thought I've talked with a few guys. If you finish sixty first, you'll get no signature events. Mm -hmm. It's the same as finishing one twenty fifth. That's a very harsh change there where <laughs> that's a big difference in years. If you finished sixty first, you had a really nice year. Um and you could have probably maybe barely finished out in the playoffs and then you maybe don't want to play much in the fall and struggle a bit. There's it seems a very drastic cutoff, but yeah, I we'll see. I'm uh, I thought they'd go to a hundred, like one hundred, fifty, thirty. Yeah. Um and then figure out you know how many are exempt I, I, I thought you know there, there's obviously a lot of changes but a guy like justin thomas who really missed out maybe that's a guy they need to miss mm -hmm. to be like you know what justin yeah. justin struggled for him but he still didn't have a horrendous year for his he, terms, he's he a guy we won in the playoffs yeah. they won yeah. him on tv so maybe they'll bump the number yeah, he finished 71st he goes in there and gets hot in the playoffs like yeah. lucas glover i mean he's he's there with a chance to win yeah. at east lake and that's just how small a margin there is but i said like if you're a rookie coming off the corn freight tour and before these changes, you say, I'm gonna, you're going to finish 76th in the FedEx this year. You'd be like, yep, done. Yeah. Now done. you don't even make the playoffs, and you got to play for seeding to see where you are and all, yeah. and all that. My, my first handful of tours, there, or years on tour, there was four playoff events. So it went from yeah. 125 to 100, which, you know, I go into three events. I got to get that. You don't want to have overlap football. But, yeah, they go from 125 to 70 is pretty harsh. <laughs> And it just like eliminates kind of any off season for those guys. Like you got to go play depending on where you are. Like yeah. it's better if you're 72nd than if you're 124th, no but it's like, you got to go play those. You got to make sure you keep your job. And then it's like, okay, good job. You did it. Boom. We start again. Like there's really no, it's hard to play good golf for that long with no breaks. Totally. It's such a long year for those guys. Yeah. I, I think this fall though, like with all the winners that have been, I've played a couple events, but there's been some great stories yesterday oh, with camila story. was amazing yeah. my wife and her tearing up in our room yeah. mm -hmm. uh yeah, watching Roy it the last ben Royan was incredible um you know morikawa kind of ended his streak there's been a lot of great winners um sahith so it's the fall has been great golf yeah had a five-man playoff in jackson yeah it's great you um, have had a little you don't have to be in that playing the fall series what have, have you taken any time and just said shut down no golf do it like just anything but i played vegas in japan leading up to vegas I did. I didn't do probably as much practice as I normally would in midseason, but I stayed relatively sharp. After that, I kind of didn't touch club for maybe two, three weeks before, uh, kind of after Halloween, spend some family family time, my son's birthday. But um, I'm playing the Grand Thornton in December, so I have something to kind of gear up towards. Be home for Christmas, then Maui. But yeah, I've taken more time off than I ever have this time of year, which it's is great. Nice. Just to, who are you yeah, playing the Grand Thornton up. with? Uh, Ronnie Yin. Wonderful. Any practice rounds I, lined I haven't up? met her. We'll probably play maybe the Tuesday before. I know there's a couple of pro ams and stuff, but um, yeah, it'll be fun. How does that get brokered then? If you said you never met her before, how does that? I think I was together? one of the last last guys in the field. They okay. paired me up and go for beautiful. It. Yeah. Um, before we get to Canadian Open, I just want to quick touch on your second win out at Pebble. 
as you're in the final group, one of the legends of the game, and Phil Mickelson. For you, like, does obviously he's a fan favorite around there and everywhere he goes, but Pebble Beach is especially. Do you get like did, did being paired with him bother you at all? Obviously, you played great and you got the win, but does any of that stuff kind of affect you at all? Would it have been different if you were playing with, you know, your, a buddy like Adam Hadwin compared to Phil Mickelson? I think it. I had the. I think I had a one shot lead. I remember I brought. I was talking with someone recently, but like that night before, I slept terrible. I hadn't been in that position in a, in a little bit. I feel like I had like night sweats. It was like yeah. I was so nervous. I've always been more nervous, and then when I get to the golf course, I kind of like get into golf mode. But um, I think it probably helped me a little bit. We we chatted a bit early on in the round, but knowing I think when the the wind picked up, that place is brutal. And so just like stayed in my own world and bother talking. I feel like sometimes I play worse when I'm playing with buddies because you want to like, I don't know, I just don't take it probably as seriously as I, as I normally would. So um, the fans were definitely behind them. It was fun being in that atmosphere, trying to just, I guess, beat him. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't remember what point, but we separate ourselves quite a bit from the rest of the field that it was just kind of a match play situation. So I enjoyed playing with him in that scenario. I think it's probably better for me just to, Keep my head down and go. You think Phil had night sweats the night before? Being like, shit, I'm paired with Nick. Probably. I'm going to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> no question. No, like he was going for his 40-something victory, so I doubt there was night sweats. Yeah, and that was one, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, six years from the last one or so until that one. Like, yeah. that's like, I mean, at that point, you got to be thinking, like, you win right out the gate, and you're like, damn, I wasn't expecting to be here six yeah. years later without another one. Like, yeah. the, there's probably even more on it, but yeah. regardless of who's in the final group. With no you. doubt. No doubt. And that week, you know, you're – that's a busy week, as you know, Cole. Like, there's three different courses. There's shuttles. And so it's not quite the same feeling as if, like, you have a normal event where the first two days you're leading and then you, like, wait for your tee time and then you're just everywhere. And then Sunday comes, you're back at Pebble, and I'm teeing off with Phil, lined down the fair with with fans. So it was, Weather sucks. Yeah. It was dry and windy, which is pretty rare there. Usually it's, yeah. it's wet. Place can get nasty. It gets yeah. It goes huh. from birdie fest when yeah. it's nice to grind. I know you're a big coffee guy. Are you coffee before the rounds as well? I just so I, I didn't drink coffee till I became a dad. So it's only been like four years. Um, I'll drink a little bit before the round. I'm more so at home of one in the morning. Our like routine with my wife and kids will like find a coffee shop. If we like the beans, we'll take them home and, and make coffee at home. But I've gotten into coffee a lot over the last four years. By no means am I a coffee savant, <laughs> but all the little before the round, just to not quite Webb Simpson with... level yet. No, not quite. Have you seen his whole routine get up? No. He travels with yeah. a measuring thing, beakers, like the housekeeper or the. I think he's I think Walter he's White. Meth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not quite there. I, I've traveled with like a pour over, or or whatever, but even that, I think I left at the house recently, so I don't have nothing. He weighs right now. his beans. Got to make sure it's just right. I've seen that. I'm not quite that level. Got to have proper beans mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. in the coffee game. Should right. we go to the yeah, week we of the, the arguably the week of the year on I the mean, PGA Tour? The shot of the Let's year. Let's get all the There's all the deets. No doubt. But Canadian Open, obviously, every single year when you get up there, I know you're asked about it. Like, when is a Canadian going to win? It's been since 1954. No one actually born in Canada has won since 1914. And finally, you put that to bed. You break the streak. But what's it like every week going to that tournament for you being a Canadian? Yeah, it, I think the media wants it probably as bad as the Canadian media wants it as bad as us. And they 
they tried to put pressure on us, but I think the constant questions and, and getting asked about it, all of us want to win that event is as bad as probably any event outside of the majors. Um, so we have probably higher pressure on ourselves than, than the media or the fans. It just, uh, it's like I said, it's hard to win an event and then to win an event that you really want to, you got to peak at the right time. I certainly didn't think I was probably going to win that after the first day, but um, yeah. What did you it, open with? 75. 75. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah, still think, was that even either. in your mind? Like, well, not this year. I was, I was hoping to make the cut. That was the first, I think I was, I even birdied a whole late to shoot 75. I think I was, I played with Corey. He played great the first day. He was five under. Luckily, the first couple of days, it played tougher than I feel like the weekend, or maybe everyone just kind of figured it out, but I think eight under was leading through two days. So um, anyway, th there is, I think the mo most pressure is what all the Canadian players put on themselves. I think I've said it for probably three, four years now. The Canadian contingent on tour has grown in numbers. Oh, yeah. I think the players are as better as they have they than they have ever been. And, you know, I, I think it was a matter of time, again, to be the person to kind of do it is, is amazing. But also, I feel like we're in contention a lot. As long as Roy didn't go off and shoot 60 the final round, I feel like we're going to have a chance at some point. Yeah, it's better and deeper, I would say. I, yeah. There's more. There's been Canadian talent, but there hasn't been as much Canadian talent as there is right now. Yeah, I now. think this year, or this past year, there was four of us had won. But even like Adam finished second three times. I think Pendrith finished second or maybe third because Adam made the putt there. But um, we just I feel like there's been a Canadian player in the hunt so many weeks. So it's just bound to happen. Knock that door down. Well, take it. Oh, God. No, I was just going to say like historically, you said like most Canadians want to win this as bad as the majors for you personally going into that week. And you have the spotlight on you. Like you guys, the Canadians have this all the spotlight yeah. that week, which you don't have when you're in a major championship, right? It's dispersed yeah. amongst all the guys. Historically, have you put more pressure on yourself to play well and win in Canada, more, even more so than the major championships? Yeah, mostly because I haven't played in a whole lot of majors, but I know the Cane Open, I circle it every year. I know I'm going to be there. Um, yeah, you, you've the crowd support is always incredible. I think with a couple years off with COVID, since then the tournament's gone to a new level with the rink hole, with um, just the energy in those tournaments has been incredible. Um, last year at St. George's, the finish was amazing. Rory winning again, but um, there's just it's such a great energy and we want to play well so bad. So to get like this year to kind of get aided to make the cut after my start, but have that Saturday where the crowd slowly kind of kind yeah, of got right. to me in that back nine. I was joking with I played with Grayson Sig that day and I was like I'm like everyone I'm not I'm from Canada, but I'm from the West. It's it's very um I played with Corey the first couple of days. His crowd support was amazing. And so was mine, but I joked on that Saturday day that I'm like, they didn't even recognize who I was because I'm playing with Corey and he was playing well. <laughs> <laughs> so he texted me later that that changed and certainly did. <laughs> it, de it definitely changed. But you mentioned, you know, what they've done to that tournament. The rink is fantastic. Yeah. They loved me in my Calgary Flames jersey. I'm sure they did. My, my, first off, it was my Commodore jersey. Didn't care what team I was. <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. But I got to ask you, because over at CBS, we've been doing the walking talks. This past year, we started with Max Home out and Torrey Pines. He got the win. You agreed to do it on Sunday because our broadcast window on Saturday was really short. You agreed to do it on Sunday. Well, you go through the rink, and I believe you're going to do it on 15, mm -hmm. the next hole. I know you agreed to it early in the day, but now you're you're right in the middle of this golf tournament. You got a chance to win. Was there ever a moment where you're like, mm, maybe I just turn this down here for a second? So I, I kind of made a decision, honestly, before the day started. I knew that it was going to be on 15, and... You know, where I was in the tournament, 
a lot could happen. It was very bunched. I didn't look at a leaderboard all day until probably 17. But when I got when I got to the walk and talk, like I came up like I thought it would have been more of a distraction if I just made a decision to not do it when I already committed to do it. So that was my my reasoning there. And then when I was talking to to Jim and Trevor at near the end of it, Jim's like appreciative. He's like, thank you so much for doing this. You know, we've never had somebody do it on Sunday in contention, let alone leading the tournament. I was like, oh, I guess I'm leading the tournament. Oh, no, <laughs> you didn't shit, know. You didn't know. No. I assumed I was with, again, the energy, the chance and stuff. But I didn't know if I was one ahead, if I was two ahead, if I was tied or anything. No But that way. was the first I heard that I was leading. But uh, Jim, say that again, bud? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Trevor. I've been purposely not at a leaderboard. You <laughs> son Holy of a... shit, that's incredible. Yeah, so. I was, when you were coming up 14, I'm at, to our producer, I'm like, are we really going to make him do this still? Like he's leading this golf tournament. Like you're out of your mind. Yeah. So uh, but Hey, it all worked out. It did. Damn. It did. I didn't a, lot know. Of, a lot of things going on that day, but that was one that it, it might've taken me out of the moment a little bit, even though it obviously put me in a, a headspace that I, I, I was Damn. trying to avoid, I guess, but no, yeah, that was a funny little side to, to that whole day because honestly, after the playoff and everything, I forgot I even did that. And then people yeah. started asking me how to do, because there's so much that went on that last couple of hours. Well, you got to go to the playoff, though, because yeah. obviously Tommy didn't birdie 18. You go to the playoff, and, I mean, that place was rocking. Yeah. I mean, I was down there with you, too. And, I I mean, other than a Ryder Cup, I don't know if I've heard a place louder. Yeah. Like, what was it like for you going through there, knowing that 99.999% of those people, other than Shane Lowry and Terrell Hatton, <laughs> yeah. were rooting for you? <laughs> yeah, it was a wild – because I've never been in that scenario. First, I've never been in a playoff, so that was new. Um, but to have – you know, Tommy misses the putt, and Tommy couldn't be a better human being mm -hmm. on the tour. And any other tournament, he's for sure the favorite from the crowds. But he misses putts; they're they're cheering, and it's like you want to feel bad because you're like, that's just not the sportsmanship you want to see. But also, I'm like, hey, I obviously want to win this tournament as bad no, as he does. Um, and there's nothing I could do about because there's thousands of people that that want to pull me through too. So, yeah, it was it, the energy was insane. A lot of it, I I try to remember, but I can't. Um, I feel like I've seen the video enough that I almost, my perspective has changed of me making the putt. I've been asked, you know, when did you think it was in? I'm like, when it, I disappeared? Like, I don't know. I was 70 feet away. It wasn't like 10 feet away. I was like, oh, that looks, that looks really good. I was just trying to hit as close as I could and disappeared. That, the fans that, like, that's as close to a Ryder Cup, like Colt said, as I've ever seen. I've never seen an individual tournament, non-team event where it's more of an us versus them. Yeah. And that's, and it was awesome because that's the way it should be. It's Canada's. I mean, it's the biggest deal yeah. up there. But I'm like, for you as an individual guy, were you so in the moment that you weren't like even, you know, blinders on, not noticing? Or were you like, dude, I need to win this thing or it's going to be, they're going to be like. Yeah, like it, it, I didn't feel the, I need to win this because it's Kane Open. I obviously wanted to, but I I got in that kind of like headspace of just trying to hit as, as many shots and be as present as possible. Um, that 18th tee shot, for as wide as it kind of looks, like, there's a lot of pressure on that tee shot because if you miss the fairway, it's like a full shot because yeah. you, you have to either lay up short or just hit it over. And that was when, so when Tommy in the regulation, I just got in the locker room, he birdied 16, 17 to tie, which you're like, okay, well, this doesn't look great. And when he missed the fairway, that's when I went out to start warming up because you just kind of almost assume that he's going to have a wedge shot, but it's kind of an awkward third shot. It's just, it's a, it for, for how wonky of a part five it is, it's actually decent because you have to hit the fairway. And if you don't, it kind of a bunch of different options. Tricky green too. Yeah, yeah. Very. It's just a quirky little hole, yeah. kind of. Yeah. But but great for like drama. Like oh, amphitheater was emphasis amazing. on that first yeah. tee ball is like, dude, got to be. Yeah. Give us. Take us through the putt. 
because 72 feet, obviously the place going nuts, rain starting to fall. Like, do you even remember what you did when it went in? But the Honestly, the only thing I remember is Markle, like, just coming right at me and almost <laughs> tackling me. We somehow didn't fall down. And then from there, I kind of, other than kind of me and Tommy giving a hug and saying, like, good job, but sorry, thanks, whatever. I don't remember what I said, but... Um, and then the corner I have had one getting tackled. That's yeah. just obviously the <laughs> biggest memory. Yeah, did you see the attempted manslaughter? <laughs> yes. The funny thing, I'll, I'll throw Mark under the bus here a little bit. He gets praised because he went, if you remember the video, we're both like, hey, hey, and I yeah. kind of like didn't do anything, and Markle chased he after. Took, yeah. He just walked right past Hadwin and grabbed the flag and came back to celebrate. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah. He's uh, like, really? oh, everyone was helping him up. He's fine. That was such an incredible moment. And then Nance's call, I'm sure you went back and watched yeah. the coverage. I mean, glorious and free. That was yeah. just, only he can do that. But Unbelievable. I, I saw a video somewhere, or maybe it was a podcast, someone mentioned that someone asked him, like, how did that, like, was that rehearsed? Like, what was going on there? He said, he said it wasn't rehearsed. He was hearing the national anthem constantly that tournament because when we get to the ring hole, they every sing time. it every time. And it just, like, came out, which... Kudos to him. It was, it was impressive. Yeah, he's, he's decent at his yeah, job. Yeah, he's pretty good. And his first rodeo. I want to get to the post-game here, man, but I do want to go, because the 72-footer gets all the attention, rightfully so. But I've said this before. I was like, dude, the one you made on the first playoff hole after Tom, like, you had to feel like, and I know you're always expecting your, yeah. the guy to make it, but like in reality, like, dude, I might have four, whatever that was, four, four and a half feet to win this thing, because Tommy had a tricky putt, yeah. and he rolls it in the guts. And yeah. I was like, this could flip quickly looking yeah. like you had a putt to win it outright and then all yeah. of a sudden like i gotta make this just to extend what do you remember going through that one yeah i remember there's a lot of like even if i backtracked in regulation like i had bogeyed 16 and that's when i looked at the leaderboard to see i think had it posted 16 so to make that putt on 17 to get tied going into 18 be able to make that putt um to go one ahead and i don't remember thinking if i that i'd won it because i had no idea really where people were and when I got into scoring, Tommy, I think, was still two behind. He might have just birdied 16, but I was, like, thinking I'm in a pretty good spot. And then 15 minutes later, I'm tied, and he's on 18T, and I'm not feeling great about it. But um, that, I, I do remember that moment when Tommy made that putt. I, I tried to be, like, he's going to make this, just, like, to not have any surprise in my brain that, oh, shit, I have to make this putt it's now. It's a tricky continue. putt. It's, like, kind of he's starting I, on I the downslope. Yeah, like, I've, he had, what, 20, 22 feet yeah. kind of going down and just gutted it. The rain was coming down. It was kind of like I had a similar line, luckily, in the, the regulation. It kind of swung a bit left. I was, you know, you said four and a half, five feet. But, yeah, I was obviously a putt I needed to make. But it was a great putt right in the jaws. So I thought nice. that one was maybe the 72-footer sick, but there's an element of luck involved with yeah. that actually oh, no going in. That one, that one went in the center, and I was like, damn, that's because yeah. you kind of think this might be to win it. Yeah. I don't know how many people were around there. Let's just say 30,000, 40,000. You could hear a pin drop when Tommy's putt went in. Yeah. It was the quietest reaction I've ever heard to a birdie putt in a playoff. It was just like, uh, you can start everybody just take a, take a gasp. Like, holy shit, that just happened. Have you talked to Tommy after this? Because part of Tommy's not, you know, ignorant to what was going on. He's like, no one here other than my boys from Europe on my yeah. want me to win this, are rooting for me. Like, he had to know. Like, just there, I, we haven't talked, like, you know, other than the small talk here there. But I, they did a video um, and he they interviewed him and he said... He was more than happy to be the spoiler of the day. So, obviously, I remember a moment, Markle, when when Tommy had hit it in that bunker on the, the fourth playoff hole, um, Markle was like, hey, man, like, he hasn't won over here before. This is just as hard for him as it is for you. Like, let's let's try to finish this off. When we had that advantage, um, 
again, that putt, I'm trying to hit as close as I can to, to force him. On it, if you told me before I had that putt, if I hit it to here and walked up, tapped it in, that's sold. Have been yeah. sold, taking yeah. it, right? Um, he'd had that putt pretty similar, I think, in the second playoff hole. I had to expect he's going to make that. So to, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, wild. the two putt would have been awesome either way if you would have yeah. if you would end up winning. He missed, but just to make it, the reaction was just made it that much greater. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to be Canadian. Unreal. Anyone that makes that to yeah. win it is sick. The fact that it's a Canadian up there for the first time since 54 is just like, dude, this is mo- this the, is movie shit right yeah. now. Yeah, the funny part with Adam was he, I think he almost felt bad that he got tackled. It was taking away like from the tournament a little bit. And I'm like, dude, I think because of that, it's reached heights that it yeah. never could have. Like he, he said at the next week of the US Open, I'm talking to his agent, and he's like, TMZ's calling us. Yeah. I'm like, TMZ doesn't cover golf. Like, yeah. I think <laughs> so, it made it on one of the tonight, sh- like one of the late shows. Yeah, like it was, and, you know, we've seen, luckily he was fine. I think that's why it Oh, became, my God, if he would have got hurt. He oh, was like a poly. Was there anyone that would handle that situation, just getting body bagged <laughs> like know. that, and then getting up and being like, nothing happened. It was yeah. great, though. Not making it a thing. I know, but he's also the nicest dude but in I'm the world. They've embraced it like the family. That was their Halloween oh costume. Oh, my gosh, great. was amazing. Yeah. And yeah. even for Jim Nance to... To acknowledge it on air yeah. when you didn't even see it, just people were like, "Excuse me, what?" Adam Hadwin just got tackled <laughs> on the such a good green. clip, and all the like still frames or the uh, memes or whatever people were putting up. I was yeah. like, "Oh my!" I was like, "This is the best. This is the most puppies ever." The NFL, had. The NFL ran with it when he yeah. like wrapped around. It's a beautiful form. Tackle. I wonder where that guy is now. That security guard because he had to. Get I heard some... he is the guy when you call to come to Canada. Like he, really? he's like when Beyonce comes as a concert, he is number one. Well, guy. I wouldn't mess with him. Yeah, I feel like the Bills are. I feel like that elevated his status. Yeah, he's probably it away. G now. Like <laughs> so, you 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 break this unbelievable streak. I mean, you're a hero in Canada now. How has life changed? Is it when you're walking around, obviously up up at home in Canada? Is it is it just different now? Um, it's different. I don't think it's like it's not crazy. You know, I've at the like, in context. If I'm going to my home golf course, of course it's different. I'm going to talk to a lot of members that I've known for 20, 30 years. Um go anywhere i'm gonna talk to a bunch of people just so if i go to a coffee shop or wherever i might get recognized here that like, hey man congrats but um it's probably been a little more than maybe i expected the first like month i kind of stayed in the house and didn't really go out because i just we're just like chilling obviously we went to the uk for a couple tournaments but um yeah we've people come up and say congrats but nothing nothing cool. out of the out of the ordinary for people being weird or anything but it's been really nice do you buy beers some of your canadian brethren who i reached out to before this pod was like ask him if he ever has to buy a beer and can that's like the common question like are you on that <laughs> level of like no your money's no good um, here, sir. i haven't really been to a bar much to be able to, to to use that and i wouldn't be a guy either that goes to the bar and wants people to know that i'm there to, to get people to buy me one but um the first at the u.s open week i was with a buddy old college roommate and we had a drink and some guy turned around and bought a couple of beers but so that was the start of like, oh, maybe this is going to start happening. It doesn't suck. <laughs> what about that night? What went down that night? Did it get weird? Not crazy. Like, um, we didn't leave the golf course until probably 1030. Mm. My manager, Jordan, was there. My brother was there. Um, he had a couple friends. So we were staying downtown that week, went down, had a couple of drinks there, and, and then went to a bar down the road. It was pretty quiet that in, like, downtown Toronto for a reason. Maybe it was just a Sunday, but. It was more of a celebratory than I had in the past because I think I did laundry with Adam after Mississippi. We're going to Mexico next week. <laughs> and then my family was in town at Pebble, so we had pizza that night. And I feel like I'm just, every time I've been so exhausted, you know, I'm not going to go crush a bunch of drinks, but no, we had fun. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I would handle it too. Well, a little laundry. You're going to be 
a rock star next year at Canadian Open, no doubt. But I know you got one event circled, President's Cup. Mm-hmm. going to be at Royal Montreal next year. How much are you looking forward to hopefully being on that team, yeah. representing Canada? And I got to ask, what streak ends first? International team winning the President's Cup or a Canadian team winning a Stanley Cup? Oof. I hope it's the President's Cup. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a tough streak with hockey. <laughs> um yeah, that's a that's probably my biggest goal next year is making that team. I think I've heard so many stories. It doesn't matter if it's a Ryder Cup or President's Cup. It's the peak of guys' careers, the energy they feel, the nerves they feel. I think, um, you know, I can. My only experience would be the Kane Open this previous year, but to feel that and hopefully have a chance to win. Obviously, the international teams would beat a lot lately, but um, that's a huge goal of mine. By no means do I think I'm a lock on that team whatsoever. I want to earn my way in that top six. Um, to leave no doubt so that's a big goal of mine the olympics would be kind of a cherry on top i feel like if mm-hmm. i think one would go with the other if i make the olympics or I make the president's cup then i probably play in the olympics as well which would be really cool but the president's cup's definitely well, if, up there if worse comes to worse you could always be a vice captain for captain dillette on the junior president's cup. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good place to get your feet wet <laughs> captain dillette uh, coaching up the youngsters i know <laughs> which is terrifying against charlie hoffman the seagull i mean that's just good incredible. gracious <laughs> there's good guys to look up to yeah <laughs> the seagull and graham uh, having traveled canada with graham who was a great tour guide around there and then he, now that he's junior president i'm like oh my god this is crazy but going <laughs> Mold, back to like, last time it was at royal montreal was it 2007 i mean mike weir's singles win against tiger, tiger like yeah. that's i mean graham's talked about it. like that was a kind of i want to say a jumping off point but that boosted the popularity of golf Huge. in canada and a lot of these guys not like you because you were kind of already humming at that point but now you look at the number of guys who could potentially play on that team like that's in large part to like what Weir did and how he no the masters and then that that singles victory no doubt yeah so to play for Weirzy would be incredible i think there's probably going to be multiple canes on that team we hope yeah. to probably have three or four at least but um i know it's it's i'm not the only canadian that is circling that and wanting it to be kind of the uh the peak of the year um to finish off in september to play but that would yeah, be, be awesome there's like Rome, six in Montreal, there's like that's... six canadians potentially could be on that team yeah now expect captain spicks to go if we wanted to i mean you never know but like yeah. that's a lot that could be like, there's been a lot of great international play if you think about it lately like obviously eric winning a couple weeks ago you can't count camilo the way he's played yeah, the he's last couple great. weeks he was just a vice go captain. from I vice know, captain Charlie. to maybe ogilvy will start yeah. winning again yeah. in there too. i played with him in australia you don't think he's i don't ready? think it's happening <laughs> sorry jeff i love you uh but no that was great man you had an incredible year but now it's time to get to the e9 have a little fun with you let's do it we ask this to everyone, and since you're married, we're going to go with this route. You can be one other person for one day, dead or alive. Anybody in the history of time, who would you be? Dead or alive. Oof. You get to experience their life for one day. For one day. I'm thinking actor out. This is coming to my head, but probably DiCaprio. Mm, not a bad choice. There's no bad days. No bad days for Leo. From what I understand. Things look to be pretty fun. <laughs> no, no bad days. Yeah. I want to feel old. He's turning 49. Yeah. He They're looks, not. He looks Remember nice. him from Titanic? <laughs> he I mean, still God. looks the same. Yeah, I hadn't yeah, lost a step. <laughs> still right. jealous of Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I hope we kind of get into this a little bit, because I've heard this from 15 different people. But you're 50th right now in the official world golf rankings. If they had one. Would you be higher or lower on the official world Mario Kart rankings? Much higher. Top what? I mean, people say 
You say that you're one of the best in the world, Mario. Kart. So I on my Twitter handle, I put top five. I there's no there's no evidence to that whatsoever. That's, I think that's, I put it out. Yeah, that's when I made Twitter it. in 2010 or 11. Anyways, um, I'd probably be top 30 in the world for sure. I'm I'm 12 years ago, I would have been top 15 probably. Wow. What? Okay. Because I'm a huge Mario Kart guy. What console are we talking? Is this oh, any across N64, any no, of them? N64 only. Nintendo That's what we played in with the little, the little yeah. stick. And, and who, if, yeah, if who the, are if you? If the game You're doesn't Yoshi, work, I, you pull it out. Put it back. Yeah, in. yeah. That was back in the good old days. Uh, I was Toad. Toad. Wow, that's how I was. Interesting. <laughs> when, do you still play? Do you still have a Nintendo 64? I have one. I don't play a whole lot. I I dusted it off at the start of COVID. But TVs don't even hook up to it anymore. It's actually pretty. Fun. You need an adapter to put the the red, yellow, white prong. Yeah. In the back Those of the Those don't TV. even exist. No. There's not even like an on button anymore. Was it, no. was it true Mario Kart also led to the dismantling of a rather important coffee table back in college? Correct. It was our coffee table our last year of college was held up by two Fruit Loops boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Roommate got a little upset, I heard. A little upset. A little upset. Joel, well, Joel, Joel was always upset because he was always third fiddle. Like he never... <laughs> He never won. Couldn't hang. Rarely won. If he won, he ran around the apartment. Um, but yeah, Spooner, old roommate, we had a lot of competitive competitive races. No better like pre-game drinking game than Mario Kart. It was the game. best back in that NCAA. Game. We grinded. Football. If we weren't at the golf course, we were, we were playing Mario Kart. I love that about you. Toad. <laughs> Toad, stand up. And the reason I'll put this back, why I put top five, is that Kevin Spooner, if we raced, it would be he wins six and I would win four on average. So like I couldn't say mm. top Mario because he is better than I am, and I'm I'm fine. Well, maybe he just practice so more. Two of the best in the world under the same roof. <laughs> what are the odds? All right, is it true you used to consistently disrupt your morning classes at Washington? Disrupt? Yeah. In what yeah. way? Maybe because you weren't awake and you had a little. I've fallen asleep in a class or two. Yeah. You had a little tremor and yeah. sometimes disturbed the class. Yeah. That was actually that was a wake up call for me. I went with Spooner. That was, was actually a wake up call for me. Uh, a little yeah. pun, a little more, more way than one. Uh, I went. I probably showed up a few minutes late. Fell asleep. Big like lecture hall, and I twitch when I fall asleep. <laughs> Boom, smoke it, and everyone just like looks around at me. And Spooner, he's like, "What are you doing? Why are you even here?" <laughs> yeah, dude, you're not like, getting. That's me. a pretty valid point. You know what? Either, Good either point. I'm, not I'm go. leaving. So from that day forward, I if I showed up, which I did. Um, I was awake. Should have started drinking coffee early. <laughs> exactly. That happens in class and on airplanes. More maybe it's something about like you're sitting up, the, dude. You do the, and then I'm yeah. like, Jesus! I just had, the dude next to me. I just had a heart attack. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Somebody check this guy. It just seems to happen. Yeah, you've, no done, you've done your homework, Colt. No shame Always, in that. Buddy. Serious shit over here. Okay, we got on this a little bit earlier, but I want you to elaborate more if you can. I just need the pros and cons of Joel Damon as a roommate. The good and the bad. Um, if you need a beer, and he's the man to, to yeah, get one always for you. stocked. That's a good pro. Um, corn dogs too. He was heavy in the corn dogs. Mm, okay, not why is that? I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's a pro by any means. But they're you delicious. have food. <laughs> any food in college is pretty good. That's true. Um, cons probably not the cleanest. That's yes. Where he said he, he's like he might claim I'm not the cleanest. No, not the cleanest. He actually so. There was like a four or five day stretch where he like borderline went nocturnal because he stayed up one night and it wasn't even because he was drinking. He just stayed up, couldn't sleep. I get up to go to class in the morning. He's still awake, like watching sports center. And he always slept on the couch. Like he, he might've slept in his bed five times a year. 
And he's like, yeah, I couldn't sleep. I'm just going to stay up until bedtime tonight and then go to sleep. That's obviously not going to work when you're laying on the couch all day. So mm -hmm. he fell asleep at probably one in the afternoon, slept till six. And that was like on repeat for four or five days. He would, that was Joel in a nutshell. Just reverse, just He's reverse life. Like an owl. We can stay on Joel for this next one. Perfect. On a scale of from one to ten, how responsible was Joel for you having a black eye at your wedding? Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't at my wedding, thank God. It healed. It healed just in time. Yes. Okay, well, how did it happen? I still have a scar to, to show for it. Joel, as Joel can do, probably said a few words to somebody that didn't didn't want it <laughs> this is that your bachelor party right yeah and someone came at him and i tried to stop it and someone else sucker punched me so you were defending joel joel started it you come in being the good friend you are and then you the one that gets sucker punched yeah it's unfortunate come on joel 11 <laughs> thanks joel fight your own fights joel hard to believe joel started some shit like that weird seems very out of character weird, weird. all right i'm gonna need you to dig deep into the memory bank here we're going back a ways to 2007 I need to hear about if you can remember <laughs> where where did you hit your tee shot on the fifteenth hole at Olympic Club in your USAM match against Colt? Remember that tee ball? Did we play fifteen? <laughs> no, nope, that's the hole. It was already over. <laughs> you were walking in, bastard. Uh, uh, I told Cole I was gonna ask. Like, yeah. do you think if I ask him where he hit his shot on fifteen, he'll know? I was hoping you wouldn't bring it up earlier in the show because I knew he had that I was question. Just waiting for that talk. I didn't know if you'd remember the score. Cole always your... jokes. My dad. Every time he sees Cole, brings it up. And my dad... It's... And he tries to break my damn hand <laughs> when he shakes it. I know. I, I get my competitiveness from him. But also, it's like, Dad, this is a long time ago. Yeah. Hey, you gotta let it go. Cole had a nice run that summer. Let's let him have it. Yeah. Yeah. I was good at amateur golf. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> your son's won three times on tour. Oh, good God. trade. Okay. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. That was beautiful. I good love match, that. though. Well played. Who did you... Did you, you bounce beat Michael back? Thompson in the final? Yeah. That's one. I've looked... I don't look at a lot of amateur golf that much anymore but when you look at past years the quarterfinalists even the round of 16 a lot of, a lot of usms it's incredible yeah how many guys have been on tour i know what the hell happened <laughs> um all right next one go to song to sing in the shower wow heard you got quite the pipes in the shower would like to i don't hear have nice a little pipes, bit of it but if i you, do if sing if you wouldn't mind <laughs> oh i have we just have a playlist for my son now so i don't even oh Gary Woodland used to sing the Peppa Star Spangled Banner. I definitely yeah. don't sing that. Well, yeah, you're Canadian. Oh, Canada? You have a good like, Do you, do you sing it loud? Anthem. I don't sing the shower as much as I used to. I'm more so probably in the car with my son. I don't know that one. What's, I don't, I don't have a what is, what's your son listening to? I'm hip on the kids' playlist. He, um... Well, so about a year ago, Moana was huge. Yeah, it's a big, it's a, it's a great juicy burger, that soundtrack. Um, I can't contribute to this topic. Bruno. Bruno, haven't seen. What's, Bluey's is a great show if you've Bluey's watched Bluey's a great that. show. Moana was the first probably like great soundtrack that he crushed. Like Lion King. Actually, you know, Lion King, oh, would, Lion, be, oh, Lion yeah. King would be one that All I've time. crushed plenty. All so that time. was, I dragged him into that one. Love I that. just went and saw Elton. He played some of this. Oof. Spectacular. Maybe way. put out an album for us. Maybe not. You want to? I'll, I'll, I'll let the Philly Eagles. You do want that. to do a little? Uh, can you feel the love tonight? Just whatever you can off the top. Uh, maybe, maybe post. All right, I won't put you. I won't put you through that. But I do. I mean, I'm going to test your Canadian citizenship oh. here. Canadian trivia. You want oh, this? God. Not really. Really Let's test. You're the champion of Canada. You should know these type of things. Okay, I need you to just name 
which of the following very aggressively named towns are not actual places in Canada? <laughs> okay. Okay, you ready for this? First location is Crotch Lake. Second location is Balls Falls. Third location is Dildo. Fourth is Climax. And three of those are accurate? I mean, just tell me which ones you don't think are real places. Could be made up, could be real. That's oh, what I'm testing. There's you. more than one could be? Possibly. I just need to know. Those are four names. Do any of those? I think Crotch is real. Okay, that's correct. Crotch Lake is in Ontario. Second one was what, sir? Balls Falls. I think that's real too. Ever been there? It's a beautiful place. Balls Falls also in Ontario. Ontario is a weird, <laughs> weird place. Okay. Uh, we have Dildo and Climax. Dildo seems too obvious to actually... I think that's a real place too. You think I just came up with that? I'll just throw in a dildo. You're correct. That's in Newfoundland. So either you're Leaving tricking me with all four are real or the last one isn't. Climax is the last I option. I think that's real too. Fucking guys, true Canadian. That's in Saskatchewan. <laughs> I mean, there's some weird shit going on up there. Yeah, seems like moose jaws. Not even <laughs> I don't know why anyone yet. ever leaves. I'm going to swing over to Balls Falls. Maybe <laughs> pop back through Climax, hit dildo on the way out. <laughs> I wonder out. if any of the Ontario boys have been to those, those Holy places. Holy God, you guys are a strange breed. All right, you know that you're officially Canadian. Good job. That's fantastic. All right, last one. Um, did you spend more time in college practicing your short game or beer pong? Um, I'll say short game, but Kevin Spooner again. He's a good we, source. We are I'll be honest. We're we were tied at the hip for a lot of competitive things. We played probably more water pong, which we just practiced. He told me y'all legit had practice sessions with water yeah, yeah. pong. That's incredible. That's <laughs> commitment. I bet Joel wasn't involved again. It was in the competitive part. We it was yeah. We got. He said y'all would play tournaments where you'd go multiple games where they didn't even get to shoot. Yeah. Damn, y'all are really good. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, we're good. All right, give me, if you had to pick a PGA Tour player to be your partner, who do you think it'd be? Oof. Um, I think Joel is pretty yeah. good. I'll Joel. tell you who's incredible. I know you, you I think. Steve Marino. Oh. Yeah. It's absurd. I don't know Steve that well, but I can see that. He can go. I believe that yeah, any game that involves drinking Steve's probably pretty good. <laughs> Joel's well though. He's the yeah. best, by the way. Well, yeah. Nick, man, this has been so much fun. Congrats Thanks, on the guys. incredible year. Appreciate Being a Canadian brother. hero, you're still my Everyone hero. <laughs> in the town of Dildo is still talking it's about funny, it. It's funny, actually, when Colt texts me to do this, our last text, or maybe it was before that, but it was all I had was, you are my hero. <laughs> yeah, that was after Canadian Open. Oh, that I was I said, the you are my fucking hero. Also, <laughs> yeah. not come on our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is after Canadian Open. I let him chill for a little bit wait until you, i want to do it in person yeah dude we don't want to hit you up when everyone is hitting you up you know we let it settle awesome fun. really reflect right, man. Thank, thank you thank you dude appreciate Thanks, your time all right that was nick taylor joining us on subpar man i love that guy one of the nicest guys on the pga tour and like we said one of the shots of the year it's amazing he's made it this far considering how close he is with joel damon yeah, hard to believe that little. I was talking to Joel beforehand, and I was like, "Give me some stories," and he gave me a bunch. It's like, "All right, give me a few that we could use uh, over there." But the, those two guys, man, there's a lot of talent that comes out of that West Coast, that upper upper Northwest. He's one of them. His amateur career was ridiculous. Yeah. Winning that Canadian Open was a joke, and then like we talked about, like the Presidents Cup coming up in Montreal. There's a lot of Canadians that are going to qualify that on their own. And I got to think Captain's picks if it's even close, they're going to lean towards the Canadians. So. Um, Great, great sit down. I thought that interview was, I, I, thought it was I awesome. enjoyed it too. He's not a guy who's gotten to spend a ton of time with, but uh, he's a real deal. Holyfield. I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with him at the USAM either. Yeah. I brought that up. I was like, <laughs> yeah, what hold did that thing end on? I knew he, I knew it was coming. Oh, dude. And he's like, when are they going to bring it out? When are they going to yeah. bring it out? I was like, yeah, tell me about that 15th. Ah, oh, 
and I, that cart right in. I do like a man that's dedicated to his craft. I mean, the practice sessions of beer pong with water in the with cup. With water. That's that's, that's a golf. Like, dude, we gotta we gotta get ready. We got that's a big good, party man. coming up. But also one thing I learned, and actually no one on our CBS team knew about this, that when Trevor kind of mentioned like Thank you so much for joining us. It's the first time we've ever had somebody on a Sunday do the CBS walk and talk, and also someone that's leading. By the way, uh, don't blow it. Had no idea I was leading. So only all of Canada is depending on you to go ahead and close this yeah. thing out. So thanks for joining. But that was that was honestly one of my favorite interviews of the year. I thought he did a fantastic yeah, job getting a little deep dive into that. And I like his talk. You know his thoughts on like that 18th hole this year. You know where the playoff was played is like it's kind of a quirky little hole, but it, it created some great great drama up yeah. there. So that, that was a fun sit down. Yes, it was. Um, all right, let's get to some gambling. No golf. No golf. To bet on. Waiting on the hero. Shout out T-Dub in the field. They were holding on to that one spot. If you crack the code, might have been for Tiger. He will be playing. All eyes will be on that. Not sure who will be on the bag. You know, I could. we could alternate days or possibly nine holes. We both have we're experience, available. bud. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd and love we're available. All right, but let's focus on some football. Michigan Wolverines let me down last week. I tried to ride them two weeks in a row. Came off to a hot start, and then they absolutely just shit the bed. But they still won. But whatever. I don't care about winning. I care about covering. All eyes looking ahead to this yeah, league. It's slightly, finally, slightly a big game. Finally, that's happening, and it, that I cannot wait for that ball game. I think I believe I had the Washington. Yeah, I did because Nick Taylor was sitting right in here. I said this isn't a homer play. Washington getting it done uh, at Oregon State. Kind of a nasty game. The rain, all that. But finally got one. Got one done, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah. see if you can make it two in a row. Uh, my for me this week it's rivalry week. Got a lot of big games. That Ohio State Michigan game kind of scares me. Can't no hardball. It's in Michigan. By the way, the largest the Michigan Wolverines have been favored over Ohio, or maybe the first time they've been favored over Ohio State in the last like five years. Yeah, they beat them last year at the shoot. Yeah, now they're going back home. It's going to be a nice, good old fashioned hate filled football game. I can't wait. All right, well I'm gonna go a different direction. A team that has been scoring a shit ton of points, the LSU Tigers, are 11.5-point favorites over the Aggies, and they're all a mess down there. They're paying Jimbo Fisher $9 billion not to coach. Not sure who's going to be the next head coach Ooh. down there, but give me the Tiger. Go Tigers, 11.5. They're rolling. They're, they, I mean, they had a, basically a bye this past week, but Jane Daniels playing spectacular, and yeah, a and I don't know who they think they're going to get, but good time to be Jimbo right now. A little 77 mil coming through. Good gig if you can get it. Going to a game that typically has a lot of hype around it. Not so much this year with the state of the Auburn Tigers, but the Iron Bowl, Alabama versus Auburn. Bama only laying eight and a hook. Uh, Auburn just lost by 21 to New Mexico State. It was supposed to be a bye week. Good. You schedule a bye, get yourself a bye. They also paid them $1.8 million to come into Auburn and beat them. Not exactly playing their best ball right now. And on the other hand, Bama kind of figuring it out, like kind of sneaky under the radar, if you want to call it for Bama, they still got a lot to play for. Only given eight and a half. Give me the tide. All right, all right. I'm okay with like it. that. Sure, I'm gonna send it. I love every game until it's over. Yeah, I, they're all good bets. It's just the players sometimes yeah. blow it for us. All right. Well, once again, the holiday season's fast approaching. Go get your loved ones some Sincoro, some Polo, Ralph Lauren, and obviously some Birdie Juice merch over at Fairway Jockey. Hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you on next week's Subpar. <laughs>